This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. And welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and uh, this week I am joined by Miss Boston White Amanda. Hi. And also by the talented Mr. Chris Ripley. Hello. How are we doing? Um, now, there is no Jim Hill this week. Please don't turn off, because we do have a very special guest who uh, who's from a different part of the world to Jim Hill. In fact, uh, as... The, uh, the band Men at Work sang back in the 80s. He's from a land down under. Not the Hobbit one, the other one. Um, we have from Australia, Mr. Lewis Sutton. Hi, Nick. Chris, Amanda, how's it going? I really hoped that Nick was going to sing the song then. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, not come on, Nick. I'm, come not, on. I'm not as talented as that. I recently found out that, um, is it Colin Hay that was a lead singer of Men at Work? He's actually Scottish. Yeah, I think well, uh, I, it wasn't he in Scrubs. I think he was, it, yeah, he was in Scrubs all the time. I'm just watching Scrubs at the moment, so oh. that was what was at the top of my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah. Zach Braff's a big fan, so uh, kept getting into uh, into episodes of Scrubs. Um, the, the secret, the secret to Western Australia is everybody is either first, second, or third generation English. Yeah, yeah, we've got. Uh, if if you are here, I think it's legal that you've got a. Uh, sorry, it's a law that you've got to move to either um, Joondalup or Rockingham if you're English. So, um, yeah, we like to make sure we know where, where our English people are. <laughs> uh, us us English. Yeah, and, and to that point, I was actually born in England. So, uh, yeah, you're not. There you're not go. <laughs> see, see, they're all English in Western Australia. Even the accent sounds English. <laughs> So, so Lewis, with that in mind, I hope you don't mind me asking, but what ha- Why did you? What did your parents do um, to get put on a prison boat? <laughs> well, it's it's funny you should mention that because boats were what brought us out to Australia. Because my dad's a pilot, so um, we moved from England to Saudi Arabia, and then from Saudi Arabia to WA. Because uh, what we basically do here in in per in WA um, is we like to rip things out of the ground and sell them to other countries. Um, so he was working on iron ore. Uh, so yeah, that's why we we came to Australia was because of the uh, because of the, um, the the ships basically. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a good place. I mean uh, the. The convict thing is a, is a bit uh, long gone. It's a it's a, a far distant history, um, but uh, no, it is. It's it's fantastic. Chris mentioned he was uh, just just here recently, which is uh, a shame. I didn't know that. It would have been good to have met him in person. I know, right? I I uh, love it there. You've you've got better food, you've got better booze, and you've got better weather. What more can you ask for? <laughs> they even have fake but, Burger Kings. Yeah, fake, yeah, they do. Jacks. Hungry yeah, Jacks. Hungry Jack. <laughs> my but knowledge of uh, stuff like that's ridiculous i apologize <laughs> the, the the downside of living in australia and downside of living in, in perth in particular uh is where the most isolated state in the world 
Um, so if we want to travel anywhere, it takes a, a bloody long time. But uh, that that's been uh, changed recently because we've just been given the go-ahead for a uh, direct flight to to London, uh, which means instead of it taking us, you know. Uh, 24 hours to get there kind of thing. Uh, now we'll be able to fly straight there for, for like you know, 17 or 18 hours. So um, it, it's nice to know that we'll be able to get to you guys quicker. From my doorstep to where I was staying in Perth, it took me 26 hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, well, 17 hours is, is slightly better. Um, yeah, well, it, it'll be... <laughs> It'll be a lot better. And to get anywhere, it's it's like the, the closest Disney park we've got is Hong Kong, and that's about an eight-hour flight. So uh, at least at least we've got one reasonably close. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad of that. <laughs> to be fair, though, I mean, eight hours, that's that's pretty much us getting to Florida, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah you've, got, you've got Paris that's just around the corner, just a train ride away. Yeah, but I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> and, and yes, uh, I was actually, I found out today, so I made a bit of a faux pas, and I don't mind admitting this publicly, so a few months ago, uh, privately, we were talking, uh, or I brought up an idea of us going to Disneyland Paris for the 25th anniversary, um, I came up with this idea, and then didn't do anything with that idea, so it's probably not going to happen now, and today, my wife came up to me and said, oh, um, yeah, because... Um, because you're going to uh, Disneyland Paris for the podcast, my mum said that she'd um, treat me and the kids to go to Disneyland Paris for a few days a bit later on in the year. I was like, okay. <laughs> About that, I'm not actually doing it, I don't think. She's like, oh. But I, of course, uh, said that she should she should go. And I was actually trying to find them cheap deals today. But anyway, that's going off <laughs> the subject because, as Lewis uh, alluded to, um, his nearest park is Hong Kong. And although you said... Uh, um, Travelling is has always been a bit of a, an issue from where you are in in Australia. Um, that hasn't stopped you travelling to not one but two Disney parks fairly recently. That that is very that is very true. Yes, yes. The uh, my, my wife Kat and I have, have continued our, our Disney Odyssey to see uh, all of the Disney parks. Um, and so at Christmas time, uh, we did the the friend thing on Christmas Eve, then we did the family thing on Christmas Day, and then at uh, 10 o'clock at night, we jumped on a plane, we flew to Shanghai, and uh, we started off the, the trip at Shanghai Disney, and we spent about a week in Shanghai, you know, um, a few days in Shanghai proper, and then uh, four nights at uh, Shanghai Disneyland. And then we uh, jumped on another plane and went to Hong Kong and spent uh, four nights in Hong Kong proper and then spent a couple of nights in Hong Kong Disneyland. So now we've only got Tokyo to go and Tokyo is booked in for April. So come April, we will be Disney completists. That's, that's <laughs> phenomenal. There's not many Disney completists. I mean, there's a few, but I think even... Um, some of the Americans that I know that have recently gone over to Shanghai haven't been to Paris yet. So, yeah. you know, you, you've done it in a in a good order. And many would probably argue you'd probably say the best till last. That well. was kind of the plan. Uh, we've heard so much good stuff about uh, Tokyo Disney. It just seemed right to, to leave it to the, the last one. Um, but it also makes sense because um, <laughs> when, when we went to Hong Kong Disneyland, we had a two-day ticket and we were going to be there for three days. We, we wanted to be able to go to the park all three days. And when they were booking us, checking us in, they said, um, you know, if you're going to be here for three days, you might as well buy an annual pass because it'll work out just as uh, cheap. And so we looked at it and the, the best option was a gold um, annual pass, which had less blockout dates. You could go during the week, a week on a weekend as well as weekdays. Mm. And we just went, well, if we get an annual pass, we can come back later in the year. And so we, we got the annual pass. So this way we're going to go to Tokyo first, and then we're going to go to Hong Kong after that to experience Hong Kong Disneyland in Easter. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's and it's also nice to break up the trip as well because Tokyo obviously is a further away destination. Mm. So by coming back through Hong Kong, we've only got an eight-hour flight on the way home. Wow, that, that's amazing. But it's funny because um, I mean the only other park that I know that's got a, a really cheap 
annual pass is Disneyland Paris, um, which again works out about the same as as buying a ticket for three days. So it seems to be um, the sweet spot for going from uh, hopper tickets to uh, an annual pass. But um, yeah, well, we know how people feel about that and the, and the price of that. So um, before we, we get on with the trip, um, because one thing I do know about Australia as well is that you seem to have a bit of a lack of Disney over there. You don't even have Disney stores, do you? No, no, no. We don't have we don't have Disney stores. Um, yeah, we, the, the only thing we get over here is basically Disney movies. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it it's one of those things we've always talked about doing a park in uh, in the Gold Coast, um, and it's come up. It comes up every year. So doing a park in the Gold Coast, but it doesn't happen. And then there was Sydney at one point was looking at doing kind of a park. Um, housing estate kind of thing and that again that never happened um, so there's always been rumours of it but yeah I just don't know if we've got the population here that would be able to warrant a, a Disney park but I thought because the Asian parks are all in the north um, and I thought uh, and the, the like in Shanghai predominantly it's people from China that are going there in Japan it's people in Tokyo it's people predominantly from Japan that are going there uh, in Hong Kong, you got more of an international feel because it's more of an international city, and you got people flying in and out constantly. Mm. Uh, but it's it's more they're more regional, and it's weird that we haven't got one in the south yet. But I think if they do one in the south, you're gonna see it in places like I reckon Bali is probably the most likely place because, generally speaking, its weather's probably comparable to to Orlando. You know, hot and humid. Um, it does rain, but the rain just usually happens and then goes away. And it's got a lot of international guests as well as almost every Australian goes there as a rite of passage. But <laughs> yeah. Every Australian that I met said, oh, yeah, I've just come back from Bali. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just so it's so close. It's like a three and a half hour flight away from from, from uh, Perth. So um, I think if, if there d- does happen to be a, um, a, a South uh, Asian park, it's going to be probably in Bali or Indonesia or, or somewhere around there. Because uh, it couldn't be Singapore because it's just land is way too expensive there. Whereas Bali, they can still buy heaps of land and uh, and and do it their way. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next decade you'll you'll see a park in the in South Asia, and I think it'll be Bali. So with that said, um, when did your kind of um, your love of Disney parks first start? Well, last time I was on the on the show, you guys asked me about the uh, the Asian uh, countries, like why mm. we hadn't hadn't been there. Um, and I'll, I'll give you the the backstory. I, I was uh, a Disney fan from a long time ago. When I was a kid, I used to go to my grandparents every Sunday. Uh, we'd watch the um, uh, it was Wonderful World of Disney. I think was the the TV show on every week. Yeah. And- and I was just like, oh, my God, I want to go there. Seeing the park and that sort of thing, just going, oh, that's amazing. But living in Perth, that's another world away. So you never really think that you can do that. Um, and it wasn't until Kat and I went to Paris. I think it was around about 2013 we went to Paris and mm. went, oh, hang on a tick. There's a, a Disneyland park here. And so we went to um, Disneyland Paris, went, this, is, this, this rocks, this is awesome. And then I came back and I started listening to Disney podcasts like yourselves and the Dis Dream Girls and then got on to the Avengers. And, uh, and then through that, just listening to the, um, you guys talk about the other parks, I was like, man, we've got to go there and check those places out. So um, the next uh, port of call was Disneyland in Anaheim. And that was, that was amazing. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then in 2014, 2015, uh, over Christmas, New Year, we wanted to go somewhere. And we were originally looking at Orlando, which was very expensive around Christmas. And then we looked at Hong Kong. But the prices for Hong Kong and Paris were about the same. So we thought, oh, we'll go to, go to Paris. And so we spent uh, New Year's Eve in uh, Disneyland Paris, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and from there, we were like, okay, we've got to go to Walt Disney World. We've got to do the big one. And and so um, at the in February last year, uh, we went to Orlando and we did Universal Studios. We spent uh, a weekend at Universal Studios. Um, and it was actually um, a weekend over a, a marathon weekend at Walt Disney World. So Universal Studios, even though it was a weekend, was quite empty, which was fantastic. And then after that, we went to uh, Walt Disney World. We spent a week at Walt Disney World. 
And um, for some reason, the, once the marathon weekend was over, everyone just left. So Walt Disney World for that week was reasonably quiet as well. Um, so we had just the best of both worlds, you know, quite universal, quite Walt Disney World. And it was just absolutely amazing. Um, so after that, we uh, we decided that we had to get into the Asian parks and uh, we booked our trip for uh, Hong Kong and Shanghai and then uh, made our way over there at, uh, at Christmas this year. And oh, just absolutely amazing, amazing parks. Just uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe just how, how good they were. I think, um, you know, later on this year, we're going to have you on Once You've Done Tokyo and we'll have a four hour show where you can just go from top to bottom um, the pros and cons of each park, you know, because you've done yep. them all by that point, so it'd be fine. Um, Do you know, I, I was watching Adam the Woo earlier, and he had a coast-to-coast uh, -coast annual pass that he was showing off. Oh, yeah. Like a black and gold thing. I've never seen one before, but it's for, obviously, California and Florida. But I wondered if they ever did an annual pass for every park. Yeah, Kat, my, my wife Cat was saying it'd be awesome if they did a, a worldwide annual pass, um, and, yeah. and it would would be great. But there's uh, the only issue I can see with that is that you know obviously the American parks are 100 percent owned by Disney. Uh, Paris is mm, partially owned by Disney, but partially owned by shareholders. Uh, Japan is completely owned by um, Japan, and I think Shanghai is predominantly owned by by the chinese so i think there might be some uh, issues with ownership as far as uh, that kind of thing goes yeah still great on here though <laughs> it is <laughs> oh, <it's fantastic. laughs> i wish they could pull that one off <laughs> hey Diz after dark listeners i want to invite you all to join us over on scare zone halloween horror nights podcast scare zone is a news interview history and commentary podcast all about universal's premier halloween event it's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hottie, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. So, um, I don't know where to start, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure... Uh, most people are aware of, well, we had our very own uh, Paul Boniface, may he rest in peace, um, go to Hong Kong. He's not dead. That was a joke. <laughs> please don't, please don't write him. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought he was in the toilet still. Is he not in the toilet still? Well, we haven't checked the cubicle, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, he definitely was seen going in there. We just tiptoed out. <laughs> we we thought it was probably best to leave him in there for another another 12 months. Um, but yes, I mean, he went to, to Hong Kong when it first opened um, and it does, it, it has seemed to have uh, expanded quite a bit since he, he first went, which is, which is good, but you had some good timing, didn't you? With your trip. We had perfect timing. You, you, you couldn't have faulted the timing that, uh, that we went there. Um, the, when we got to Hong Kong, they had just the soft opening of the Ironman experience was going on. And so this is the, the brand new ride there, the very first uh, Marvel-based Disney ride. Uh, and it was just, it was great. We, we, we got there and they gave us, uh, when we were staying at Hong Kong Disneyland, uh, we decided to stay in the club level or the, or the kingdom level, uh, as they call it in Hong Kong. Uh, and the reason for that is because is usually when we go to uh, other Disney parks, we'll stay in the deluxe resorts. And when we looked at the prices, when we went to Shanghai and Hong Kong, the prices for the club level were comparable to the prices for um, just a, a standard room in a deluxe resort in, in Paris or in uh, the, the States. So we thought, well, we might as well do it because you know you get uh, the with a club uh, level they have you know free food and booze at night uh, they have free breakfast in the morning wow. so we thought it would just you know take away those kind of extra things that you got to think about when when you're in the parks um, and the food in both places was just outstanding just amazing food um, and so we we did that and they gave us additional fast passes uh, as well as ones we could get in the park so we got like three fast passes for. Um, the Iron Man experience, we got a fast pass for Mystic Manor and for Space Mountain. Um, weirdly enough, didn't need to use any of them uh, because the parks were very quiet. Uh, and so, and when we went into the park on the first day that we were in Hong Kong, 
uh, we went, okay, we'll go straight to the Ironman experience. It's going to be, I'm sure it'll be hammered. It'll be like two hour, three hour waits. Uh, we'll go straight there. So we got to the park and they open at 10.30 in the morning at uh, at Hong Kong Disneyland. So it's a really late opening. Um, and uh, we, we, we got there and got to uh, the line for Ironman, but it was basically a walk-on. Um, you just went straight through the line jumped on the ride and then we went, that was amazing. And then we went to do it again, got off the ride and walked straight back on again. They, I don't think people were aware it was actually there. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but uh, yes, no one seemed to realize that there was this awesome new ride. And so, yeah, we, we must've ridden it about five or six times over the course of the uh, three days that we were there. And it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Do you guys know much about the Ironman experience ride? No, I, I, I purposely avoided finding out too much because I knew you'd gone on it, so I, I was going to ask you. But um, it's, it's quite interesting, Chris, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Just before the show, um, P-Dubs, uh, Paul Washington himself, messaged and said he's, he started to lose his voice just before the show started, so he was going to drop out. Um, and I, I think it's coincidence that he's done that when we've got somebody on that's going to talk about the Iron Man experience. <laughs> how jealousy was um so yeah so f- f- what i do know um is that it, it's some kind of simulator attraction mm. is that right it's yeah, it's basically because when uh, when we were going to, to Shanghai, I, I did a lot of a lot of research. Uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong, I was doing a lot of research, and um, I was going, "Wow, it's really weird that there's no Star Tours ride here." You know, it's kind of like one of the most popular rides in in all the other parks. I wonder why they don't have it here. And when we got to uh, Hong Kong and went to the IMAX experience, I went, "Ah, now I see why they don't have it here." <laughs> Because the uh, Iron Man experience is um, the same ride system as Star Tours. Right. So, so when you um, uh, go, we went through the line, and as you walk out to the loading area, you went, oh, okay, this is this is the same you know loading way as, as Star Tours. Uh, and so you get into the ride, but I mean, obviously the whole thing is is themed towards Iron Man. So before you get to the the ride itself, you go through a, a long a long queue because uh, obviously they have um, built it, so knowing that there will be you know, a lot of demand for it once people actually know it's there. And you go through this long queue and they've got uh, lots of um, props from the film and you've got a bit of history of Stark Industries and, and Tony Stark. And and then you get to a point where they're talking about um, some of the new innovations, including self-healing glass, uh, which is really cool. And they've got this demo set up where you've got a pane of glass and then the glass gets shattered and then, you know, reforms itself. Uh, it's, it's a very, very cool little uh, trick that they do. Um then you go through and they introduce you to the fact that uh, Tony Stark has built a, uh, a new Stark Tower, uh, which is powered by an arc reactor in Kowloon, which is across the, uh, the uh, bay from uh, Hong Kong. And, and also that uh, Stark Industries is having the new Stark Expo uh, in Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, and they show you these different vehicles that Tony's um, built for different purposes, like you know, uh, demolition and uh, building and, and mining and, and those kind of things. And then it shows you uh, the vehicle that you're going to ride in uh, during the Ironman experience. Um, and the, the, the car that you're in is uh, basically a Ironman suit that will fit you and 40 of your closest friends. And and so uh, after that, you go and stand in the queue uh, for the experience and you go through the uh, obligatory uh, safety video that you've got to watch before going on to any ride. Uh, and uh, watch the safety video closely because you may see you may see a cameo in there uh, of a, a certain man that uh, is, is quite uh, famous for popping up in Marvel things. Um, <laughs> After after that, you, you uh, board the ride, and the ride is very similar um, in set out to Star Tours, but obviously it's themed to Iron Man, so a lot of red and gold, that that kind of thing, uh, and it's a 3D attraction, so you've got your, your 3D glasses on, um, and the, did you want me to go into spoilers or not with regards to the actual storyline? Um, I mean, I, I, I personally, I'm happy to, because I'm not going to be going on it anytime soon, <laughs> um, so if, if you... Spoil away, and if you don't like to have this spoil, then just skip the next like two minutes or so of uh, Lewis talking. 
All right, so it's once you once you board the ride, um, the, the screen goes up, and then uh, you're you're in a loading uh, in a bay, ready to depart. Um, and uh, it's yeah, uh, things don't go quite to plan, and uh, you end up destroying the door, and then you you, can, you take off and do a, a, you fly out over Disneyland, so you get to see Disneyland on your way out of the park. And then you fly through um, over the bay and um, you see Kowloon and you see Hong Kong. And then you go up to Sark Towers and then you get attacked by Hydra. And Hydra has come to steal the arc reactor. And uh, at this point, um, Jarvis calls Tony. Now, in uh, Hong Kong, there's three official languages. There's uh, uh, Mandarin, there's Cantonese and there's English. So they're trying to service all the different languages. Uh, and in this, you've got uh, Jarvis. And I think Jarvis is speaking Cantonese. And uh, he calls Tony, uh, Tony Stark, who's at the Stark Expo, uh, doing a meet and greet with some fans. And they... Uh, when uh, Tony realizes that uh, uh, Kowloon's being invaded, he takes off and joins you at Stark Towers. And then together, you fight Hydra. Uh, and it's uh, it's freaking amazing the, the the 3d is is really great the uh, the actual story is 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 just fun the, the whole thing is amazing fun um i'm not sure if they got uh robert downey jr to voice it or if it was just a really really good voice actor but it was just spot on uh iron man it was absolutely fantastic uh and, and just uh, really funny but we thought it was gonna be like the uh star tours too we thought they might have done the, gone down the route of having multiple uh, scenes that they could put together in different order to give you a different ride experience each time. But I think they must have just gone, no, we'll just do the one story now and then, you know, being a simulator, you can update it down the track like they've done with um, Star Tours uh, 2. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's it's a, a great ride um, and just we, we went on it over and over again. I'm looking forward to going back and doing it again in April. Um, and it, the, the ride's uh, even better because as well as having the ride there, they've also got a Iron Man meet and greet. And it was one of the one of the best meet and greets I've ever done because you leave the Ironman experience and you can go and line up for the, uh, the meet and greet. They take you through into this security area where they do a security screening. And then uh, once a screening is finished, a door opens, you walk through and you go into this area where there's um, a lady, uh, a couple of people from Stark Industries there giving you a demonstration or, or a talk on some of the products that they've done. Again, I think that was in Cantonese. So we, we didn't understand that, but we you know, you got the gist of it. Um, and then uh, while she's giving the discussion, uh, off to the side there's a, a door and the door starts to smoke and there's this sound like somebody is landing and then the door opens and through the, the smoke, Iron Man walks out and starts to talk to you and it is uh, Robert Downey Jr. talking to you. It was the most surreal experience I've ever had in a theme park. Uh, and then you obviously do your, your photographs and everything like that with him. So that to me was definitely one of the highlights of the trip was uh, you know, actually getting to meet Iron Man. Wow, what what was the um is is the film footage is it real footage or is it um animated? It's animated. It's okay. animated, but uh, it's great. It's great animation. Um, and you know, it's with uh, a ride like this, you you go okay, this is cool. I I've got no issues with it being animated because it is, you know, it is what it is. Um, there was another ride that we did. Uh, we did Soren in Shanghai. Uh, and in that one, there was a lot of computer-generated imagery, and that pulled me out of it because that was supposed to be real, but it was actually a lot of it was fake. Um, whereas with the Iron Man experience, uh, you know, it's it, it's a fake thing anyway, so you couldn't really, uh, if you had real shots of uh, Hong Kong and then you had Iron Man and uh, your um, Hydra attacking, I just don't think that would work. No, I I, I agree. And we talked about we've talked about sewing around the world ourselves on, on here, haven't we? And, um, yeah, I mean, I, the, the one shot that I've seen, which, you know, really distracting was the Taj Mahal. Which yeah, that looks, looks like could... something from the 1980s rather than, you know, modern day technology it just looks really bizarre. And yeah, like you say, sewing is supposed to be a, a view around the world. So to kind of go from real to fake doesn't work, but if it's animated the whole way through, then, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of there. 
Well, that, I mean that that whole thing sounds sounds completely awesome, um, and I'm hoping, you know, Disneyland Paris might get something like the Iron Man experience. That's somewhere they can, um, and obviously we've had a few of the Marvel heroes there, but no, no attractions. But that does sound great. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about, just because Paris is get definitely getting this, is uh, is Hyperspace Mountain. Oh my God, Hyperspace Mountain. <laughs> oh, it's it's just a brilliant it's the, the best roller coaster you've ever been on because it's uh you know space mountain is good uh anyway it's it's a fun you know dark ride um it's got thrills because you don't know what's coming up but man as soon as you add star destroyers and x-wing sorry and, and uh, tie, tie fighters um into the mix it's just it's just amazing it uh, it's just such an immersive experience um but the the uh, Space Mountain at Hong Kong is a lot slower than Paris, uh, so it's a lot it's a lot gentler kind of ride, and you get more a lot of time to see the screens. So I'm wondering when they do the overlay in uh, Paris, if they're going to slow the ride down at all, because that ride is balls to the wall fast. So yeah. I'm just just wondering how you'll see the scenes when you're screaming past them at like you know 60 miles an hour. Yeah, it's uh, it's an odd one that because um, for for anyone that's not been to Space Mountain in Paris, um, I mean it's not like any other version of Space Mountain. It's got inversions and, and um, is is a lot quicker. Um, and you're right. I mean, Chris, did you ever go on uh, Space Mountain before it changed in Paris? Um... Like oh, I may have done, but I don't remember it. Because I mean, I've only done the first version. I, I've not gone. I never went over. It was, it was Mission Two Point Zero because um, I had such I had such neck ache after going on yeah, Space Mountain I that I didn't. And I know it's been improved a bit since then. They're still doing it with the Star Wars during the Star Wars overlay. They're they're doing something else to the uh, the vehicles. But um, yeah, that was that was always something that I had an issue with. There is that because um, it was from the Earth to the Moon at that point, so you got to see the old... Um, oh, what was... The, is it George Millet? Oh, yeah. But that, yeah, but yeah. that, that moon uh, from the film, so you, you it, it looked like that, and you, you didn't get to see it as, as well as you'd like to have done. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that they, they do, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure, Lucy, that they can slow it down too much, just because of um, the nature of the, the track. But... Um, yeah, Tom will tell. Um, Chris, Amanda, was there anything? Was there any attractions that you wanted to ask about um, at Hong Kong? Um, um, Haunted Mansion, well, at Mystic Manor at Hong Kong. Which version of Haunted Mansion is that most similar to? None of them. Uh, Mystic Manor is uh, completely its own own thing. Um, it's the uh, the story of Mystic Manor is that you've got this um, old explorer guy who's uh, gone around the world uh, collecting antiquities, and he, he's uh, got a um, a little uh, mate who who's his uh, partner in crime uh, called Albert. And Albert's a, a little monkey who's who's really cheeky and uh, you know he likes to to, to um, play with things. And recently they've they've acquired a music box which has got a, a gem on the top. And it said that if you touch the gem on the music box, it has the power to animate um, inanimate objects. And so you know Albert decided, well, I'm going to have a, a crack at that. Touches it, and then just everything goes haywire in the house. Uh, the ride system is a, a trackless ride system, similar to um, the uh, Ratatouille ride in Disneyland Paris and uh, Pooh's Honey Hunt in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, and uh, being a, a trackless ride, uh, you, you uh, get into your, your vehicle and then you go one of two different routes through the, uh, through the uh, Mystic Manor. And the the first room you come to, your vehicles come in and they turn towards uh, the, the front of it, and then you see that scene, and then your vehicles will turn around and move on into the next room for the the next scene. It's a it's a very uh, different uh, kind of ride experience to uh, to the haunted mansions where you're on a, a fixed track and you know everyone's doing exactly the, the same thing. 
Um, to the point where actually the one of the final scenes of the ride, if you get in the front two carts, then you experience that for a longer time than if you're in the, the back two carts. So I'd always recommend if you do do Mystic Manor, try to get into the front two carts just to get that uh, longer ride experience. Um, yeah, it's uh, but it's great. It is just an amazing feat of uh, using practical effects, uh, using screens, uh, using lighting effects. I think it's the best use of lighting effects I've ever ever seen. Um, and by having a, a, a character uh, like Albert is it, it just, yeah, it, it was a great new character and uh, it was a great new property for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if down the track you actually see a, a Mystic Manor movie because it's definitely uh, got the potential there for, for turning it into a movie, I think. Awesome. That sounds really cool. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's it's a, it's amazing. The, the thing about Hong Kong is the, a lot of the rides are similar. Uh, I mean, uh, now Hyperspace Mountain, I, I can't ever see them changing Hyperspace Mountain back to Normal Space Mountain. I, I just don't see why they would do that. Um, they've got a, a ride there which is um, like a mine train ride, uh, but it's um, uh, it's this one where you the story is that you're going through these mines, but there's some bears there that are, are just doing bear-like things, but every time they do, they change the ride. So initially you start off, uh, and again, spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled on this ride, uh, but uh, uh, the um, the ride starts off as a conventional kind of roller coaster. So you're just going forward and then you reach this point where uh, there's a, you're going up an incline and the rope snaps or the, or the wire snaps and then the rest of the ride is backwards. And then you get to this point where you think the ride is finished, but because of what the bears are doing, the ride starts again and goes even faster. So it was really a, like a ride in in three three stories, and uh, it was just it was just really really cool. And, and people say that there's no thrill rides at, um, uh, at Hong Kong Disneyland, but seriously, that uh, that ride was quite thrilling. And also, Space Mountain is is uh, pretty pretty full on as well. So I think there's uh, you know enough thrills there uh, for, for thrill seekers. Also, they've got a Jungle Cruise, and the Jungle Cruise starts off as a normal Jungle Cruise, but it's got a climax, which is um, different to every other park. It's more of a um, uh, like if you were to go to um, Catastrophe Canyon in Disneyland Paris, where when you're on the um, on the the studio tour, you know how they've got that bit where you go in and it's set up and it's got a uh, oil tanker and it's got the fire going off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, you've got a similar kind of finish to the Jungle Cruise in Hong Kong. So it's it's like a special effects scene at the end of the Jungle Cruise. So it makes it a very different experience to any other Jungle Cruise you've ever been on. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a really, really nice park. It's like, for my money, Disneyland Paris is the most beautiful park in, in the world, but I think Hong Kong is the lushest. It's just got so much foliage there. It's just, just an absolutely amazing park for that. And also in the background of the park, you've got mountains and, and those kind of things. It's a tiny castle, but when you've got a backdrop of mountains, it just is a, absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the map, and I think that's the one thing that does stand out is that everything's green. It is so it much is. green, so much green all around. Because I mean, when you see a map of Paris, you see, uh, you know, trees and that all around the outside of the park. But there's trees everywhere. Yeah, it's, all it's, it's, they've done such a great this, this this Hong Kong Disneyland. It's a small park. But uh, since it opened, they've added um, you know the three uh, new areas, which is the Mystic Manor, the Grizzly Gulch, and the Toy Story Land. Um, I imagine when it first opened, it would have been a very quick park to do without those extra elements to it. Mm. Uh, and in, it's only been over for 10 years, but they've already taken away Autopia. That's gone. Uh, that's been replaced by the, the Ironman experience uh, in that area. Uh, they're going to be doing overlay. So they're updating uh, Buzz Lightyear Laser Blast. And it's going to be turned into an Ant-Man attraction. So they're, they're committed to uh, having, I think Tomorrowland's basically going to become Marvel Land there. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's the the experience starts on the train ride to the park because when the train rocks up to take you to Hong Kong Disneyland, it is a Disney train. The windows are Mickey ears. The the things you hold inside the train, they're like Mickey pants, and you're holding on to Mickey ears. They've got statues in there. They've got pictures of Walt. So you know where you're going as soon as you get on that train. Uh, and then you go um, to the the transport place, and you can either from there go straight to the park. Or you can go to um, one of the two hotels they've currently got, uh, which is the Disneyland Hotel and the Hollywood Hotel. They're building a third hotel at the at the moment, which should get opened in 2017. Um, they've got heaps of area to expand, uh, but the one thing you'll notice is there's no downtown Disney area at all in this park. But it didn't didn't really bother us um, at, at all. It was uh, yeah, it was still it was nice and relaxing. So I think Hong Kong Disneyland, if you want a, a relaxing Disney time, I definitely recommend uh, going there because it's just such a cruisy place to be. Uh, and also Hong Kong itself is is fantastic. Um, and I should mention uh, Shanghai as well because you know, Shanghai being the the newest uh, Disney park um, is you'd think that you go there and it would be, you know, still, you know, finding its feet and, and be, look new and shiny. And the weird thing about Shanghai Disneyland is it's only been over for six months, but it feels complete. It feels, you know, lived in. Um, it doesn't feel like a place that's just been, been built. Um, and I, I think that's actually a good thing that uh, when you, when you go there, um, it, it feels like uh, a Disneyland that's that's always been there, and uh, this this park is is amazing. The the, the scope of it, um, you know, it just it's it's hard to fathom because most of these places they open up and there's some things to do, but like they're usually quite small. Whereas this place, they just went, nah, we're just going to throw everything into it and make this thing the the biggest, uh, most amazing place that, that we can. Um, so we were there for, um, it was four days, but I think we actually only spent three fully in the, in the parks because the last day we had to get to the airport rather early. Um, but it's uh, if you're going to Shanghai Disneyland, you've got to get there first thing in the morning um, because it is a very, very busy park. Uh, I think when we were there, it was kind of uh, Christmas time. It was a bit uh, colder. It was off season. So it wasn't as busy as it can get. Um, but for some reason, Soren is the most popular ride there. So in, in Shanghai, when you line up to go to, into the park in the morning, uh, the running of the bulls um, just goes directly to Adventure Isle. And people either go directly to Soren and start lining up or they go to the, the Fast Pass kiosk and get their passes for Soren. And the passes for Soren run out at 9 or 9.30 in the morning. And then that, that's it. That's it for the day. And even though it was a quiet time when we went, we did see the lines for Soren go up to two and a half to three hours. I wouldn't line up for for Soren for that long. I, I think like if you if you think ride experience versus waiting time, that just doesn't work out. Like if you waited three hours for Soren uh, and then you rode it, you just go, that's it. That's what I waited three hours for. I, I would be well pissed if that was the case. But we we went in there, we fast passed it, and and to get our fast pass, we would have been in a line for like twenty to thirty minutes. Um, so we got our fast pass and then we went and did other things. So we went and did the, the uh, got the fa- saw a fast pass. Then we went straight over to, to Tron and we walked on to Tron. We just, we, we walked on there and then we did it and then we got off it and then we did it again. It, it, it's, it's like, it doesn't make any sense that, uh, that people are just like, you know, I've got to go and do Soren. And then you've got a ride like Tron, which is a million times better and people just are like, I oh, don't know, I'll do that later. It just didn't make, made no sense at all. They've uh, basically got their, their priorities all wrong. That, that's essentially yeah. what we're saying there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just I don't understand it. It's like, and Soren is such a slow loader. It's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, and we, so I've never done Soren in America. Um, so this is our first time doing it. And I was kind of excited about doing it. And then I was like, that's, that's it. It's, uh, it, it, even though it's been up, it's brand new ride. It looked old and, and dated. It was, it was bizarre, but, uh, 
but it was good for us because it was like, okay, fine, you guys go do Sora, we're going to enjoy everything else in the park. So, you know, we jumped on Tron, jumped on Seven Dwarves Mine Train, uh, jumped on Pirates of the Caribbean, and it, it, Pirates of the Caribbean alone is worth the money to go to Shanghai Disneyland. This this ride, the way that they've reimagined Pirates of the Caribbean, is 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 amazing. Um, the uh, you know you go on a on a boat ride. And a boat ride, generally speaking, is going to go forward, and then you might have a you might have a drop, and uh, you know that's the exp- that's the exciting bit. Oh, a drop! Hey, excellent, that's fantastic. Not with this this ride. Your ship will uh, your boat will go forward. Your boat will go backwards. Your boat will go to the side. Your boat will submerge under the ocean. Um, this this is a completely different uh, boat ride experience than you've ever had before. Uh, it, it, you know, you just we rode it again and again and again, and every time you would see something new and something different. It's quite funny, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, because you know a lot of people, it's their favourite attraction. Um, you know, it, it, it's been a fan favourite for so long that and probably haunted mansions are, 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 are the, the kind of two rides that everyone um, says is a classic kind of iconic ride and when they first announced that they were doing uh, a, a Pirates of the Caribbean ride based on the films I think a lot of people myself included had some reservations about it having seen because uh, obviously not had the, the chance to be as lucky as, as yourself and, and go on it but seeing the videos of it I mean, it just looks completely amazing. It is. It's just, I, I just, um, I'm glad that they went down this route instead of just putting in another version of the existing ride. Because um, the thing I love about having gone to so many Disney parks is seeing the differences in 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 the parks, um, and and even those like small differences within within the rides. But th- this was this was great because if you didn't know, you'd just get on this assuming it was just like every other pirates ride, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you're you're seeing no 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 this is this is gonna get turned on its head because the ride starts off with you just um going through a a restaurant i think it was called barbosa's bounty so you go through this restaurant which is a quick service um and uh it's so similar to uh, paris and to anaheim um and then the next thing you see is um a bunch of skeletons a bunch of uh you know and the scenes are, are reminiscent of the original pirates of the caribbean it's just that everyone is dead and uh, and so that's as soon as you see that you go okay things have been turned on its head here and then you see a skeleton and there's this amazing effect where the skeleton goes from being a skeleton into um captain jack and it, the animatronic is you would believe it was johnny depp standing there talking to you in mandarin it was that good um, and they've got uh, you know a couple of other uh, animatronics through the ride as well that are, are very creepy and uh, and awesome. Um, but the uh, the actual the, the ride vehicle itself was just an amazing you know technical feat. Um, it, just being able to you know have a boat that uh, moves up and down and turns around and um, they they also use a lot of screens as well to um, make you feel like at one point you're getting submerged under the water and you spend time underneath the ocean, which uh, you've never been underwater in a, a pirates ride before. Um, yeah, just an amazing, amazing ride. And I, I still, I don't understand why people want to go and spend hours in a line to sit in a seat and watch a, a, a screen when they could go and experience something like this. But uh, again, I'm, I'm pleased that they don't because we got to experience it multiple times, uh, with, because of, um, the fact that everyone else was waiting for Soren. Um, but yeah, I, I would say if, if you're holding off waiting for, for Shanghai to become a, a park worth going to, it's already worth going to. Um, you've got the two hotels, Toy Story Hotel and the Disneyland Hotel. Um, Disneyland Hotel is directly across from the, the park and there's a big lake in between. Um, so you can either walk to the park, you can take a boat to the park, or you can take a, t- a bus to the park. And all three options is about 10 minutes to get, get to the park. So, you know, it's a, it, you've got a lot of uh, different ways of getting there. Um, they've also got the uh, Disney Town, which is uh, like 
um, probably more comparable to downtown Disney in Anaheim um, than Disney Village in Paris because there's more, a lot more shops there, uh, a lot more restaurants, and the it's directly outside the park. So even though the park is completely dry, if you want to go and have a meal and have alcohol with your meal, you can leave the park, go to Disney Town, and then go back in the park. And they've actually got a, a re-entry uh, gate uh, where you can exit and re-enter through, which is um, takes you straight into Tomorrowland. So um, they've, they've looked at it, gone, okay, people like a drink, so you know we'll we'll, we'll do this so that if people want to go to a restaurant and have a booze, they can do. Um, the Tomorrowland is the most impressive Tomorrowland I've, I've ever seen. It's uh, you know with the Tron ride there, it's such an iconic structure, and you've probably only seen it with the blue lights on it. But when it comes to night, after they've shut the ride down, they actually change the lights there. So uh, over the course of the night, the actual uh, light will change inside the the building, giving a completely different look. Um, the the uh, the castle is just out of this world i mean it's it's so big and imposing uh it, it's what you would expect a disney castle to be um and the, the there's just you know there's so many rides there's there's so many lands um the the snacks there they had uh caramel popcorn uh which every time you smelt it you you seriously felt like you were putting on weight uh but it was uh it was fantastic. This caramel popcorn was just, just to die for. Um, instead of having turkey legs, they had duck legs, which we never got a chance to, to taste, which was very unfortunate, but we'll get around to that one next time. Um, they had uh, corn dogs as well. Uh, and for some reason, they put them in bags. So as soon as you buy a corn dog, uh, you got to get it fresh and take it out of the bag straight away. Otherwise, you'll have a soggy corn dog. Um but yeah, it was a it, it, Shanghai Disneyland is just it, it's just an absolutely fantastic park. And um, how how far is like for you guys? How 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 far is it to travel to to China? Oh, no idea. How far was it from Perth? Out of interest. Uh, I think it, it was about to get to China. It took us uh, seven, I think, seven and a half hours to get to Hong Kong, and then it was another three hours to China from there. Oh, okay. So it was a, uh, it, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a haul, but that that's why we generally do the furthest destination first, and then we can get back to Hong Kong, and then it's only eight hours back home. Um, so yeah, it's I I I de- I'd say China is closer to you guys than the states would be. Is that is that correct? Well, you know what? I'm just looking at it now. It's about ten hours. That's so the same. Ten hours, no. It's a, well, if we was going to Anaheim. If we was going over to like to like Vegas or, or California, then that's about ten hours. So it's it's actually not it's not too bad. Florida's about eight eight and a bit, but yeah, it's about ten ten and a half to to the uh, the east coast of America. So um, oh, the west coast, sorry. So yes, yeah, so not not too bad. Um, I mean the thing is like uh, Lewis knows very well and very. Kindly bought me a, a Tron fridge magnet. I was expecting just a photo of you on the ride to come <laughs> actually to rub it in. Um, I mean, when they announced the Tron coaster being built there, I, I didn't almost want to book a flight immediately. Um, thankfully, I mean, it doesn't look like it's it's let me down. Like the videos look stunning. Uh, anyone that I know that's been on it has said how amazing it is. So it's it's done me proud. And I think. Um, Chris, I don't, I don't know if Paul talked about it with you, but he definitely mentioned it to me that um, rumours of Autopia going in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, well, there's huge rumours going round of a massive overhaul to Tomorrowland. So, yeah, and I mean the um, the, the positivity uh, from from all camps about the Tron Coast, it does make sense that that could uh, could go over. So I'd be. Uh, happy. Well, if you compare uh, the Transformers ride in Orlando, I mean, that is an exact copy of Hollywood, and it's obviously cost them a lot less money mm. just to dust off some drawings that are on the shelf and uh, literally just throw that ride in there. Because it literally, it, I mean, it took less than a year to put that ride together. Mm. So if they've already got, you know, a really good concept, design, drawings, everything for Tron, you know, it could easily come to Florida. I, I, I've got. To, I've got to admit, like, I, I, I hope they don't do that because I think the having specific rides at specific parks 
um, is important for people to want to actually visit them, um, particularly Americans, because Americans, generally speaking, only go to the American parks. Uh, I don't know if you, you found that when you're there and you, you're talking to them. Like when we were in Walt Disney World, the amount of people that we would say, um, so you know, how often do you come to Walt Disney World? They go, oh, yeah, every year, a couple of times a year. I go, oh, cool, cool. Have you ever been to Disneyland? No. I was like, yeah. sorry, what? <laughs> it's like you, you live in the country. It's not that far to travel, but they've just, you know, that's that's what they do. They go to, you know, Walt Disney World. That's their, their vacation every year. Um, but, I think having you know specific things to specific parks means that you know people can travel there and have a unique experience in in that park. Um, so I, I don't think because Tron is basically the replacement for Space Mountain, and in uh, Orlando they've already got Space Mountain, so I, I can't really see them putting in another ride which is you know a similar kind of experience there. Um, but I think you are right about the ripping out Autopia. I think they're actually doing that around the world because uh, Hong Kong's lost their Autopia. Uh, Japan, they've just shut theirs down. They're replacing theirs. Um, so I don't think uh, there's – I think Autopia's going to go in the other parks at some point in time because it's a very dull ride, and uh, particularly in um, – in Anaheim and in uh, in Orlando, it's a very stinky ride as well. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you you see that gone in the next decade or so. Well, you see, like the Jaws ride that was at Universal in Florida, that that the main reason it went was it just cost so much money in in fuel to run it. So you can imagine, like Autopia, how much fuel <laughs> they're burning constantly all yeah, day long. They're not making it elect um, electric, are they, or anything like no. that? No, but it it also so. takes up a massive footprint. Which True. again was another problem with Jaws, you know. Again, yeah, another huge you footprint. Know, that was that was a, that was the two problems with Jaws is that you know it costs a lot of money to to do, and also it costs a lot of money to run. Um, of course, I think we all agree that we'd rather have Jaws back where it belongs, <laughs> but it can't. <laughs> controversial. Um, no, it's not controversial. Everyone loves Jaws. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, to be honest, like I, I remember when Paul went to Hong Kong, and he gave us a trip report. And when he he went a few months after opening, and he said it was a one day park at best. It was the <laughs> it was the Paris Studios of Walt Disney Parks, which is almost an oxymoron. But I mean, you know, it, it was it was easily done. Whilst now, I think you look at Hong Kong and and with what they've put in and what they've expanded it to. Um, you know, it does look a lot better. I mean, you know, like the Toy Story Land is an exact copy of the the Paris version with a different big character at the front of the of the entrance. Um, so probably save a bit of money there. But again, for people that don't go to um, to all the parks, then there's something there. And that's the thing. I think you don't want to put. You know, I'd like to see Tron in Florida, but I wouldn't want to see Tron at California as well and mm -hmm. Paris as well because as you say, it doesn't give you the reasons to do it. I think um, it's good that, you know, a ride's in a couple of the parks in the same way, but there's no harm in, in having um, a, a few things that are unique to parks because, yes, it, it will drive people to to go. Um, Amanda, was there anything that, was there anything at um, Shanghai that you wanted to talk about that Lewis hasn't? Um, to be honest, I don't know a lot about the Shanghai Park. I've kind of been like you, Nick, um, with some other things that I didn't really want to look too much into it in case I do decide to go in the future and I kind of want it to be a surprise. A Shanghai surprise? Yeah, a Shanghai <laughs> surprise. I did see videos of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, though, but I don't know an awful lot more about the park. The thing is, though, like, I mean, I, I'm, you know, we share that kind of view, but at the same time, like me seeing videos of Tron gave me an appetite and pirates are like yes that looks awesome but doing the rides is still not the same as watching video back that is true so you know it, it's it's not too bad um well, uh, well thank you I mean that all sounds brilliant it sounds like you had an amazing time and not jealous at all uh, <laughs> read, read that as extremely jealous um but no, I mean, I think if anyone's been kind of sitting on the fence, I think, you know, what you've said about the parks tonight would definitely, um, 
make me want to con- consider doing it. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't think I could drag my kids over that far to go to the park at the moment. I, w- I wouldn't take them to America at this age either. But Leave them at home. <laughs> look, I'm not the same as every other podcast host. <laughs> I like to take my kids with me when I go. We're well, not all the time. That, that's 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 that is actually true. So maybe I should eat my words. But um... actually, <laughs> if, you've young, if you've got young kids, um, I think that Hong Kong Disneyland is probably the um, the best starting park for them because there's a lot of rides that they can go on there. Um, it's a lot more of a casual experience. Um, I didn't see any. I saw no no parents having meltdowns, no children having meltdowns. <laughs> uh, it, it was just yeah, a lot more of a, a relaxing experience. Um, yeah, than any other Disney park. So uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, I'd, I'd definitely recommend as a as a, a good park to go and do do those kind of things. Um, and uh, yeah, Shanghai just planned to spend quite a few days there because it's an absolutely amazing place. Just. Um, and also don't be concerned about, um, language barriers or anything like that. Cause we thought going to uh, Shanghai, there might be a, a language issue, but most people, uh, speak, uh, English to some degree. Um, the only thing you got to worry about in Shanghai is the taxis. So I'd always recommend before taking a taxi anywhere, uh, find out what the, the cost is before you, you get into the taxi, uh, and just make sure they take you the, the quickest route and don't do the dodgy thing of going the long way around to increase the fare and those kind of things. But, um, other than that, the, the, the places, uh, Shanghai is like one of the most cleanest cities I've ever been in my life. Um, and, uh, it was, yeah, both places, a massively enjoyable experience. Um, it's good that in, uh, in the world, we've got Disney parks in you know different places. So you can go and experience different countries, but still have that comfortable, um, feeling of being in a, in a place which is familiar to you. Uh, so yeah, it, definitely I would encourage people to get out there and see some of these international parks, uh, and just experience Disney uh, on a different kind of level. So yeah, it's, 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 it's good fun. You said two really cute things there, Lewis. I didn't want to pick you up on halfway through, but the first one is um, a starter park uh, for young kids. Um, my daughter went to Disneyland Paris when she was three months old for the first time, so it's unfortunately a bit late for that one. I, I, <laughs> there was no, there was no stopping. Uh, in fact, yeah, both of them went um, under the age of two, um, and and also the language barrier because uh, you know, as speaking to three English people. Um, we don't have that problem. We just talk a bit louder, and <laughs> a bit slower, uh, and and people normally get the gri- the dr- drift because we're rude like that. Um, I just wanted to um, so we're going to wrap up now, but um, before we go, there was some breaking news today, which uh, we have to mention um, because um, they've released the title of the next Star Wars film. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, the next Star Wars film coming out this December, so it wasn't called Episode 8, but we obviously know it to be Episode 8, is going to be called Star Wars The Last Jedi. What? Yeah, The Last Jedi. So, uh, which, uh, unfortunately, immediately, I thought of uh, the great 1980s Kung Fu uh, flick, The Last Dragon. Uh, If you haven't seen it, by the way, Get yourselves a copy. Cracking stuff. I think it's uh, Barry Gordy behind that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's the Last Jedi. I'm not sure what to make of it. I think it, I think it's a good title, but I don't know. It seems a little soft to me. I expect doesn't it, seem, it doesn't seem to be a bit contradictory. Like the last film was The Force Awakens, and this one's The Last Jedi. It's kind of like the, the first the first film was going. The, the force is coming back and this one's going that now the force is going away that's very weird <laughs> unless unless um this film is all about luke skywalker impregnating as many people as possible <laughs> i don't know i mean we, we know it's too early to tell i'm sure that's not the route they're going to be going down but uh but yeah some exciting news um just before i went on air um lewis thank you very much for joining us um you do uh have your own show 
don't you? Not in a podcast format, unfortunately. Not in a podcast. I, I've got a film review show called Funky Films, uh, which is here in Perth every Thursday night between 6 and 7. Um, and we've got a Facebook page as well. So if you want, you can like us on Facebook. And uh, I, I generally uh, will put uh, reshare a lot of movie information and things like that on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, hopefully we'll have a podcast at some point in time. Uh, one of my new co-hosts is a director uh, and he's got some technical skills. So I'm hoping we can take the, the radio show and uh, also turn it into a podcast. So I'll keep you updated on that. Jesus, Lewis. I mean, talking about directors and technical people, have you heard who does this podcast? There's barely any technical skills here at all. And we managed to do one. We have an <laughs> empty yogurt pot and sticky back plastic. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it took me until i was in my late 20s to realize that sticky back plastic is sellotape <laughs> other other sticky back plastics are available well they're not because there is only just sellotape but you know other, yeah other brands are definitely available but uh well on that bombshell uh thank you very much for joining us lewis thank you very much who uh got up at quarter past five this morning uh, his local time to do this oh, stupid wow. little show. So thank you. It's going to be right. like what forty-two today, thirty-eight. Oh no, no, where, where we're here in Perth is actually quite you know clement weather at the moment. It's uh, we've you know not even gone over thirty for the last week or so. It's it's oh. really weird. <laughs> not over like, thirty. <laughs> if the flies died down a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no, I haven't experienced any flies or anything like that. It's very, very peculiar um, weather we're having. Uh, usually we get like 40 degree days, you know, three days in a row. It's just, the heat's just uh, horrible. But no, this is lovely. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I think we hit a high of about four degrees today. It was absolutely freezing. It was like Jack the Ripper time. Incredibly yeah. thick fog. In fact, uh, poisonous, isn't it as well? Chris uh, put Chris put a very good video of you getting lost in the mist. I I did, and then someone uh, screen captured the video and sent it to me, like they had uh, done something to it where you can increase the resolution. Hmm. And it appears to be, I think it was a fence I was walking near. But the way <laughs> the guy had uh, done it, it looked like it was like loads of those little um, what are them things, Jabber things from uh, Star Wars, the little things with the red that eyes. Was- yeah, was... it looked like a load of them on the horizon. <laughs> Can you imagine if you got a naked Craig in that mist yesterday? Oh. Would have got rid of the mist, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on that note, it's all right, Craig won't hear this in time, so it's fine. He can't. He won't make me edit it out. Um, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you in a few weeks. And Lewis, uh, we'd love to have you back on once you visit Tokyo. Definitely. Happy to come back. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. And we'll see you soon. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Dis After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash Dis After Dark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Dis After Dark. Thank you. Is part of the After Dark Podcast. Right, uh, and so for our other sponsor of the show, um, we have Wendy Pratter at Magical Journeys Travel. Don't yeah, we do. Yeah, the the very beautiful looking Wendy Pratter. Is she is she on your um, to do list? Like, if you meet her in real life, you're allowed to. She's um, you know, when you open the wallet. Yeah. She, She's the picture in my wallet. I get you. I get you. But other than our lust uh, for Wendy, um, her and her magical journeys are there to help you plan your next Disney vacation. So whether that's a Disney cruise or a trip to Disney World, Wendy can help you by getting your reservations at midnight, getting those all-important Be Our Guest dining reservations or meet and greets with Anna and Elsa. And uh, I think, if you quote this podcast, Craig get a bit of a discount on your uh, deposit don't you yeah yeah 25 dollars off yeah there you go so next time you want to book a holiday give wendy at magical journey travels 
a little tinkle at wpmagicjourneys.com or on Twitter at wpmagicjourneys. God bless Wendy and all that sail in it.